everybody, this is Chef Tiffany, and welcome to our first Afros and Knives live broadcast. Um, this is coming to you through a platform called Blog Talk Radio, and it is an opportunity to actually just do a live show with, um, with our guests in real time. So we are talking today to Clancy Miller. She is a, a writer and a pastry chef. You hopefully have already picked up her book and are cooking from it um, all the time. And that's called Cooking Solo. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, IndieBound. And, you know, that it's a great way to get into cooking for yourself. I am a huge advocate for cooking at home for, for one person or for a small group. And um, it's just the skill that you should have. Like, you should be able to feed yourself. So we're going to talk to her today about her um, new project called For the, um, for the Culture. It is a magazine. Um, I am so excited to hear more details about it. I'm going to let her just kind of get into, you know, what it is, why it's necessary, and um, how we can participate, how we can support. And so um, let's bring in Miss Clancy Miller. <laughs> there we go. Hi, Hi Clancy. Thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate you. And um, I'm just going to let, I'm going to be quiet for a minute and let you just kind of introduce yourself and give us some background and like, you know, tell us a little bit about how you got to this place where this magazine kind of just is in your, um, in your atmosphere at this point and, and you can go for it. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on. Um, as you mentioned, I'm the author of Cooking Solo. The Fun of Cooking for Yourself, um, which is my kind of ode and homage to single people everywhere. Um, I'm a writer. I'm trained as a pastry chef. Um, after I graduated from uh, college, I ended up working in international development, but I was taking cooking classes and totally fell in love with cooking and ended up going to cooking school. Um, in Paris at Le Cordon Bleu and got my diploma de pâtisserie there and worked in pastry shops and bakeries and pastry kitchens and then eventually realized that I wanted to write about food because kitchen life can be so super hard and I'm also slow in the kitchen so um, that's how my writing life kind of started um, and in terms of and I sent uh contributed to a bunch of magazines and the New York Times, the Washington Post, Cherry Bomb, Bon Appetit, Food 52, doing, and Food and Wine, doing recipe development and stories and profiles and whatnot. Um, in terms of for the culture, I had been asked by a publication to about the possibility of guest editing of an all-black issue. And I thought, oh, that's really intriguing. And unfortunately, that um, kind of opportunity did not come to fruition. But I, meanwhile, had made all these contacts and had started meeting black women photographers and oh, wow. chefs and sommeliers and farmers and food activists and a ton of food writers and many, many and food entrepreneurs, all these amazing black women doing incredible things in food. And I just felt like, okay, there is so much talent out here. There's so mm. many women doing incredible things. 
And I think, um, I feel like we get left out sometimes. We do get to have, of course, you know, there are amazing writers doing amazing things. Um, Corsha Wilson, Nicole Taylor, I could go on and on um, in terms of writers doing the work. Um, But I just felt like I want to see more. I want to see even more. And I want to see even more black women highlighted um, who are doing this work because I think it's important for us. And I also think of young black girls who might be interested in food. And it's just, I think, important to see people out here doing it in so many different areas. So um, it's an idea that's been on my mind easily for two years. And I basically just thought, okay, I'm going to do it with the help of a whole (laughs) bunch of people. (laughs) because it's not it's truly not about me it's about us so I'm hoping that with this crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo that I'm affirming that we will be able to raise the $40,000 to get this first issue off the ground and to pay the contributors because I think that's very important absolutely I think um, you know most people I don't, it's funny because there's always, there's a mix of, of, of opinions about like print publications and print media in general and where it's going. And um, mm-hmm. I feel like what ha- what's happened is, and you know, you can definitely give me your take on this, is that a lot of media in general overall, whether it be audio, print, or um, like just traditional like television media, it got, let's, for lack of a better term, homogenous. <laughs> Everyone mm. looked the same and they sounded the same and they were telling the same story in the same way and anything that finds itself becoming like that is always in danger of becoming extinct or irrelevant and so I feel like with this like infusion of brown and black faces in those spaces now it's bringing new life to a lot of those mediums like YouTube you know their top channels are hosted and run by you know African Americans Um, you Mm -hmm. know podcasts the podcasts that have really like taken off that people are really paying attention to are hosted by you know, black women and black men. So it's really interesting to me that now that you, now that we've, you know, asserted ourselves into these spaces and even built our own spaces for, you know, this type of work, that everything's kind of getting this fresh, um, this this breath of fresh air. And I feel the same for like print media. I remember when I first started cooking, the one thing that I would do is I subscribe to like every food magazine available to me at this point and you know at some point I was like I was I didn't have enough time to like sit down and go through magazines anymore but now that my life has slowed down quite a bit being out of the kitchen every single day I'm going back and I'm looking at those publications and the thing that pops out the most is that there there are just no black chefs in them like I just it's just this weird it's not even weird it's just this absence of black and brown faces and voices and stories and you know for me it was just like when is this magazine going to show up (laughs) someone has to do this because there's like you know looking at the young people coming through um coming down this path now they're you know I want them to have something they can look at like a public a really beautiful publication they can look at and go yes that person looks like me sounds like me I have similar experiences and you know they can do it I can do it I don't think people understand how like vital having that is and I mean could you speak to like what you're seeing in um like print media and like why you why a magazine made the most sense 
Um, well, I actually see a lot of points of inspiration. Um, I think of Whetstone by Stephen Satterfield, oh. which is, oh, I think, incredible <laughs> and so, like, so brilliantly done. Um, I think of Jari Magazine. I think of mm. Girl Squash. So I feel like there are examples. The exciting thing is that I think with independent magazines, you have an opportunity to fill a void or you have an opportunity. I think of a Toni Morrison quote, um, if there's a book you want to read, write it. And mm. so I think the same can be said for magazines and particularly independent magazines. So there's an opportunity to create your own thing. Um, and people still really resonate with magazines. I am seeing for the culture is kind of a collective experiment. Um, what would it be like to have a magazine where the perspective is that of a black woman or a group of black women? Yeah. Um, what would it, what would it look like to have images created by black women of black women? You know what I mean? Mm, um, yeah. What oh, would yeah. it, what would it, sound like or what would the reading experience be like if you have black women telling their stories and their experience and sharing their expertise um, about being a sommelier, being a farmer, being an active, you know what I'm saying? So right. I think that's the very exciting thing about independent magazines in terms of, I mean, the, the flip side is it's, there, there's definitely a huge transition that's been happening within media in general in terms of mm. legacy publications. And on the one hand, I think it's really exciting to see um, publications, different outlets getting more diverse and seeing more brown and black and queer people involved. But I also feel like um, – the down, I don't want to, there is no downside, but from a writer's perspective or actually a consumer's perspective, sometimes there are people doing things that aren't necessarily quote unquote newsworthy. You know what I mean? Mm, like yeah, absolutely. nothing, nothing brand new just happened or maybe this chef didn't just open a restaurant or isn't just about to open a new restaurant, but still their work is really impressive. And so right. For me, I like I. There have been times when I've wanted to write about events or people who aren't necessarily, like I just said, doing something within the moment newsworthy. But I feel like, in terms of their impact, it's a big deal. And so yeah. it's harder. And it could just be, you know, <laughs> like my pitching. But I feel like I want to read those stories. Um, and those aren't necessarily always stories that you can pitch easily um, Ooh, when there's not yeah, that, I understand new, that new factor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, that is something that I'm being to um, kind of allow for, for the culture to have people pitch and write and highlight all kinds of people and stories and whatnot that aren't necessarily brand new you know what I mean because right, I feel exactly. like I want to read I'm interested in who is up and coming and who's about what's next but I'm also interested in the people who've been doing the work for a long time 
Oh, absolutely. Who haven't necessarily gotten a lot of coverage. And I think a lot of people are interested in that. And I feel like that's one of the ways in which people get left out. And I, you know, I'm just interested in including, in including as many stories as possible. Cause I think, I think it can be interesting. Mm. You know, it's funny because when you look at the, the publications that have been selling, especially around the conversation of food and wine, it's, you, people are look, they want to look back. They want to look at history. They want to know, like, how did we end up here right now with, like, what, we ha- what we're working with now? And for, yeah. especially for, um, you know, the Black experience in the United States, we were essentially left out of food history, period. And, you know, I have mm-hmm. definitely, definitely gone down that, like, that train of thought in some of my podcast interviews where I, you know, I'm a huge proponent of really making sure people understand that, you know, Black people, specifically, like, Black women are the founders of American cooking, not just Southern cooking, mm-hmm. not just Southern American cooking, but, but American cooking. Like, there would be no cuisine to speak of in this country without us. And so the fact that, you know, you kind of, we've been so conveniently left out of the history, um, you know, when people talk about American cuisine and the things that happened and like how we got to where we are now, that those stories are left out. And so I know like having a publication that allows us to reach forward and reach back at the same time is just going to be vital, not just to the African-American community, but to um, the culture at large. For, for people to understand exactly. like how they ended up with things on their plate. So for as far as like how the magazine is structured, you kind of, you know, touched on it a little bit about the stories you're looking for. What's going to be like kind of the overall vibe? Do you know, like, you know, design wise where you're headed and, you know, any particular like a, a point of view or a vocal style or writing style that you're really kind of interested in leaning into? I'm interested in, um, there are two things that have been really inspiring to me or generally speaking. Um, There's a book called in the company of women uh, by Grace Bonney. She's the founder Mm. of design sponge. And it's a wonderful book of profiles on women in uh, various creative fields. And many of there, it's basically several interviews. So I would like to have, several interview profile pieces interspersed, but I also want reported pieces. I would like, Mm. um, you know, first person stories, you know, personal stories. The theme of the first issue is it's personal and that can be interpreted however the writer would like, whether it's, you know, a personal recipe or, you know what I mean? A personal journey within the food world, et cetera. Um, because I, I want to take a deep dive into the personal experiences of black women in food, even if you, it's a reported story. Um, mm-hmm. So reported stories, profiles, interviews, um, definitely recipes, some photojournalism, because I would like to have it be visually stimulating as well. I'm looking at potential creative directors. So, the entire visual style isn't totally hammered out, but I definitely want it to be aesthetically beautiful um, Mm. and expressive and colorful and bright and celebratory. Um, So yeah, it's, and a lot of it, 
I don't I haven't really gotten too much into the nitty gritty details because a lot will be determined by how the crowdfunding campaign goes. Okay. So I'm yeah, my focus at this point is talking up the project and um, <laughs> encouraging <laughs> encouraging people to spread the word and getting people to yeah give to the campaign so that this can actually come off the ground and so that contributors can be paid because I'm really it's an independent publication but I feel very strongly that just because it's brand new doesn't mean that contributors shouldn't be paid and as a writer I feel like you know and as a black woman I don't want to ask anyone to do anything for free absolutely absolutely yeah it's funny like when I considered a couple of, you know, because I, I, I don't think the, I think the idea has kind of been sitting in the universe for a while and it was just waiting for the right person to come along to kind of bring it into, you know, real life and real time. And I remember like looking at, you know, thinking about an idea like, oh man, with, you know, when someone starts this magazine, you know, you just want to make sure that these really amazing writers are getting paid. And I don't think people think about that when they're, you know, looking at a crowdfunding campaign or if someone posts a, posts a new product. Because I know at this time of year, <laughs> and I know from personal yeah. experience, that there's just a lot of people who are, like, fundraising and who are looking to get projects off the ground and who are looking for support and help. And, I mean, that includes myself for this podcast. And so, it's, you know, people are getting hit and flooded, and I just, you know, I don't want people to get um, discouraged by that. I think that's sure. such an, encur- it's an encouraging sign to know that this many people are in the world trying to put something creative and inspiring and, you know, and useful to the rest of the, the, the species out there. And, you know, especially, you know, the beginning of the year is always kind of the year, that point where everybody's like, I'm going to introduce something new. And so, you know, Q4, that end of year stuff is always a little pressing because everyone's like, I've got 19 people asking me to support a project. And you're right. just like, yes, I get it. But you have to, I also will do your research, look at the, the things that, you know, you can celebrate and support in a lot of different, like free, free ways. You can like repost on your social media you can talk it up you can talk to your friends about it but as far as like putting your money someplace I am a huge proponent of look at how that project or how that um how that's going to give back to you like what is it what is it going to do for you what is the value added to your life when this thing shows up in your space and so you know for me like a person a black woman who has worked in food who has you know like the the this particular podcast itself, the platform is essentially driven by the same thing that motivates yourself, is that I wanted a space for Black women to come and talk about their experiences working in these industries because our stories are really just not there. They're not available to the rest of the world. And, you know, and so far as, like, specific to Black women and Black people, it's just, it's humanity. It's like, okay, other people are telling these stories in a different way. I'm like, whenever you have the same voices telling the same stories, it benefits no one. And so to be able to mix it up and like people of all races and backgrounds and, and, and ancestries and genders and all of it can like lean into these stories and go, there is a space for me if there is a space for them. And so like even creating this platform and kind of like pushing it forward, when I first started, I was like, eh, we'll see who listens to it. <laughs> and uh, We'll see right. what happens. And like right out the gate, the first few interviews that I actually, like, I, I sent these little, these emails, like, very with a lot of anxiety like okay we'll see if this person actually would talk to me and when I got these emails back like 
thank you for developing a platform for us to tell our stories, the light bulb went off. Mm-hmm. And I, I really had to reconsider how serious I was taking it. Because I was like, if I yeah. am going, to, you know what I mean? Like there's a level of responsibility here to make sure that the stories being told are tr- treated with the utmost respect and appreciate and gratitude as well as making sure the platform stays clear of a lot of like extra noise because it is very easy to take off into the into a space of like marginalized voices and you want to bring everybody into the conversation and allow everyone to tell their story so it's really challenging to stay focused because there's so many other stories that you know need to be told and so you know to to, for people to like contribute dollars to something that is specifically tailored to their own voice within their own mm-hmm. interest. Um, you know, for me is like, please, ladies and gentlemen, I understand. I get it. You're being flooded with a lot of requests at the end of the year. I, I encourage you to look at the value that these these projects will add back into your own life, Um, you know, things that will become generational. Like this is a kind of publication where once you start collecting them, you can pass them down to the young women in your life, you know, like, and that's for me, like what I, when I, when I read the, the Indiegogo campaign and I started like thinking about the, the far reaching um, properties of something like this is like, wait a minute. I, you know, I have a a seven-year-old in my life and she is always, and she, she needs people to look up to. She needs faces. She got into, uh, what is it, Doc McStuffin, for the same reason right. that anyone would get into Doc McStuffin. It's a little brown girl <laughs> who's a doctor. Like, yes, thank you. Um, so for her, like, when she was, you know, really young, I introduced her to all types of foods and flavors, and for a long time, she always talked about wanting to become a chef and wanting to be a baker, and there was just, I was so distraught at the fact that I couldn't, like, pull a publication from my own collection and hand it to mm. her and go, hey, this person looks like you, and it's not just me doing this work. There's a lot of us doing this work. And so, like, right. this type, you know, something like For the Culture is generational. It's, it's one of those things where you can see someone collecting, a, you know, a, a few years of this publication and then a young person coming into their life who is like, how do I do this? How do I make my own way? And you can hand them these stories and these images through this magazine. And so I don't think people understand, like, there's just this beautiful um, historical significance <laughs> to bringing something like this into the world. So that's my tangent about that. But um, so for, for you, since we're at the, you know, since we're at the very beginning, you're doing, you're costing the project, you're, you're looking to get it funded. Like how, how best can someone really support you outside of like putting their dollars where they need to go? Like what, what do you really, or look, what are you really looking for as far as support? Um, spreading the word is very much needed and important. I think um, the great news is that I started, I launched this campaign basically a week ago and within one week um, we're already at 20% of our goal. So that's really huge. Wow. So the overall goal is to raise 40,000 and we're just over 8,000. So that means like 30, like basically 31, 32,000 to go. So within a week's time, that's really great. And the contributions that people are giving truly range from $5 to $1,000. And I, so, and I think all of the positive response has been because so many people have been spreading the word. So that is 
truly the number one way that people can help. And, of course, any, any contribution, the campaign is accepting a dollar and up. <laughs> any contribution <laughs> is helpful. Right. Like, I think as you brought up a great point in terms of, you know, this being um, the last quarter of the year and it's the end of year and we are all swamped with requests and charities, like worthy, worthy projects and charities mm. asking for money. And I always say to myself, well, I've got a budget of, I don't know, $50 or $100 to give. And Sometimes that might be one entity, but sometimes I break it down. You know, yeah, everybody gets yeah. ten dollars. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so exactly. It's, it's there when it is something like fundraising, whether it's for you know an entrepreneurial venture or you know a charity. Truly, every dollar counts, um, and so there's no shame in giving five dollars. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. The way that the way that all of these campaigns work is when people talk about it, when people share it with their friends. So again, the best way to help support this campaign, spreading the word over social media. Um, And, you know, if you're feeling really motivated, emailing a couple of friends, texting a couple of friends, um, talking about it word of mouth, but truly spreading the word about this is great. And reaching out to people who, could be contributors or, you know, people who are directly um, addressed by this project. So if you know black women who work in food or love food, um, please share it with them. I, in my email reach to like friends and family, I asked after all of my asks, I was like, you know, if you love black women or you know somebody who loves black (laughs) women or loves food or loves wine, um, or other beverages, please share this with them. So, yeah, sharing about this project is deeply helpful. Wonderful, wonderful. So yeah. for me, as you, as, if anyone has been, you know, following the, the Instagram or the Twitter, you all know that I am partnering with this project because, like, a publication means so much to me. Like, food writing is just one of my deepest loves. And so if you are purchasing any of our, like, Dope Queen series um, sweatshirts or, um, or long sleeve tees, 25% of every purchase goes directly back to For the Culture. Um, I, it's funny, I designed these shirts with just like thinking about, oh, you know, we should celebrate our culinary history um, collectively as a country. And let's start with the people who are, you know, directly responsible for how we eat. And so, you know, uh, Edna came up first. And um, so putting her on a couple of shirts. And then when I saw, I think the, the reason why like the post about For the Culture jumped out to me off of my timeline was because of the cover. And I was like, oh, what's going on? What's happening with this picture? Nice. Who is loving on this picture like this? And so when I dug in there and, you know, after um, connecting with you initially, I was like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And I'm like, I, I know for a fact, like, you know, I have like my Patreon and, you know, I am constantly like in like almost in fundraising mode about 80% of the time because I'm just like, the work has to get put out there. None of this is coming back to me. It's all going back into the work. And so yeah. I immediately was like, how can I contribute? Like I have limited dollars to contribute, but there's something I can do. And so I looked back at my store and I was like, boom, this, this can happen. Like I can actually make this work. And I think they make sense together. And, um, and so, yeah, that I was so happy and excited to be at least have that 
opportunity. And so, like, if you guys are hopping in there and you want to, um, you, you can kill two birds with one stone on this one. You can buy your shirt and, like, support Black women and celebrate Black women who work in food and who have our, our food luminaries and simultaneously contribute to this campaign so we can, like, see this see this happen. I just, you know, for me, I'm, I'm that, I am definitely rooting for it in a very deep and personal way. So it's, um, you know, for me, I'm like, I'm a bit biased to this particular, uh, these particular types of projects. And that's also because the food writers I have connected with and have been so blessed to like develop like relationships with because of this, because of the podcast, I love their work and I want to see more of it. And I want them to have opportunity, more opportunity and, you know, dropping uh, an article or a personal essay into like, you know, Bon Appetit or Food and Wine magazine or something is awesome. And we need that um, as well as like all the online publications are doing great work or creating space for everyone. But, you know, sometimes you want I, the writers I love, I want to see them deep dive into the topic like you were saying and I want to see them kind of like you know unpack some subjects and, and some, some some people and see what they have to say because their voices are so so amazing so to, if someone wants to get in contact with you because they want to do something like really huge for the campaign what is the best way to like reach out to you and you can hit us up with like contact info um, any of your social media info and you know I'll just let people so people can like take notes and they can participate properly with all the right information. For sure. <laughs> um, the initial, first of all, I want to thank you so much. I am so grateful for your ingenuity and enthusiasm and generosity with your resources and in inviting me on your show and partnering with your beautiful t-shirts. I'm, I am so grateful and so um, inspired by your energy because it's really, <laughs> you know, it's really, it's exciting to launch a project like this, but it's even more exciting to see other people get excited because it truly is, I am hoping to create a sense of community through this yeah. and so that we can all see each other. So I just want to thank you for your generosity that you've extended to me and to this project. Um, so, but, oh, in terms of being in contact, uh, a pro, yeah, DM me on Instagram. Slide into my DMs. Um, <laughs> I'm at Clancy Cook. That's a very yeah. That's but I'm I'm purposefully holding off a little bit on creating an Instagram for um, for the culture because I want us to get a little further along in the campaign just so it feels like okay yeah so. Right now, you can slide into my DMs. I'm at Clancy Cooks um, on Instagram and on Twitter. That's K-L-A-N-C-Y Cooks. Awesome. Fan, fan, ladies and gentlemen, I, like I said, take a note, leave a post-it, you know, by your computer screen or on your phone for yourself to make sure that you have that information. It's a, you know, and share share the campaign. What's the um, Indiegogo uh, that they we should be, oh. that they can look at? Yeah, so it's Indiegogo um, backslash project backslash for the culture. Um, Perfect. And if you go to, yeah, but you can also just go to Indiegogo.com and type in for the culture and it'll take you to the campaign. 
Awesome. Well, thank you again for hopping on. I know it was like like last minute. <laughs> it was kind of like last minute notice. Like, I hey, love can you it. jump on something? <laughs> but um, I just thought it was like that important and like urgent to make sure that people were really able to like hear your heart and hear your um your vision for for this and um have an opportunity for them to participate. And how long is the uh, campaign? How long does the campaign go for? The campaign is going through. February the 2nd, the idea being um, it allows people to recover from the holidays. So, you know, if you're feeling like you want to be generous for the before, you know, the end of the new, the end of the year, great. But if you're still recovering from the holidays, (laughs) the campaign extends throughout the whole month of January. So um, with collective support, I'm, affirming that this goal can be reached and we can create this magazine together. Oh, absolutely. Like February, I mean, you know, technically February is Black History Month. Let's make some Black History. Black funding mm-hmm. this campaign. Like, seriously. Um, so that's plenty of time. Like like uh, Clancy said, if you are just kind of in the holiday squeeze right now, that end of year squeeze, and you're looking at your budget, like, I want to help and I want to be supportive, but it's just not in the um, how your bank account is set up doesn't work out like that right now. It's fine. Um, just, you know, keep it, you know, make it, make a note for yourself, create a, a reminder for yourself in the calendar or in like a you know a note app or something just to remind yourself to come back and look at this campaign again and you know like we said a dollar five dollars like no there's there's no gift that is going to be too small like every little bit counts and it kind of moves everything um, further to closer and closer to the goal um, in the long run so your contribution is a contribution like do not discount it um, no matter what so um, we are uh, we are going. I'm going to wrap this conversation up because I am sure it's Friday and people have you know other things to jump onto. But I want to thank anyone who has listened in live. This is this was a really cool experience. I am hoping to do a few more live um, shows for the next season of the podcast, and we will likely have Miss Clancy Miller back on and just update us on the on this project and on the um, fundraising efforts. Especially once it's funded, we can definitely all just hop on the call together and um, and celebrate that we have definitely funded this project and you know and together. see what the next steps are together and so um thank you again miss clancy i appreciate you and um we will like i said i will keep um pushing this campaign out on my own social media and through the um through the podcast definitely be talking it up and um you can visit afrosandknives.com to get a uh, a shirt or a sweatshirt and uh, like i said 25 percent of those sales from the dope um dope queen series will go directly to the For the Culture um, project here. So thank you again, Clancy, and I appreciate you, and we will follow up with you um, in February to see where, you know, to see what we're doing next and how we can um, participate and support and contribute um, to the next step. Thank you so much, Tiffany. I am so grateful for your support. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right. You have a good day. Yeah. You too. You have a good one. Take care. All righty. Bye. Okay, bye.
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining this uh, very unique episode of Afros and Knives Live. Um, I appreciate you guys hopping in and listening. This is definitely a live broadcast. We are technically on air. Um, And hopefully, you know, if you enjoyed this particular delivery system for the podcast, we will be able to do a lot more of these um, in the upcoming season. There's some really amazing guests joining us for season two. So keep your eyes on um, the Afros and Knives Instagram to uh, see who's joining us and um, and which shows are going to be live. Uh, and all live shows you can participate in. You can call in with questions. You can hit us up in our, um, our live chat. And so that way, if you have questions directly for our guests in real time, we'll be able to, um, to get those to our guests and you'll be able to ask your questions and hear some answers. And um, again, if you want to support the uh, For the Culture project, you're going to go to Indiegogo.com and look for For the Culture and make sure you just make your contribution. Like I said, this is the kind of work that we all want. We talk about creating spaces for ourselves and having seats at the table, but you know, the way Tyler Perry put it, you know, we don't need seats at the table if we're building our own tables. So, you know, let's build this table together. Um, I believe our community has amazing voices to, um, to, to put on a platform and stories to tell. And so um, let's get this thing done. Thank you again. Everyone enjoy their weekend and be safe. And um, we'll talk again real soon.